0: Chapter Twenty Five of The Mummy and Miss Nitocris. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Meg Turasek. The Mummy and Miss Nitocris A Fantasy of the Fourth Dimension by George Chetwin Griffith. Chapter Twenty Five. THE PASSING OF Phedric In all London, or, indeed, in any capital of Europe, there were no more angrily puzzled men than Nicol Hendry and his colleague and subordinates. He was perfectly certain now that Phaedrick Amena held the key to the conspiracy which had resulted in the disappearance of Prince Zastro. Askarovich had vanished. He had been traced to Copenhagen, and then absolutely lost sight of. Three agents, all picked experts, had been put on to watch Phaedric in the Pantanas, as they were known to him, and within a fortnight they had all died. One had fallen down crossing the north side of Trafalgar Square. The verdict had been heart failure. Another threw himself into the river from the Tower Bridge, and the third, a woman who was one of the most skilful spies in the service of the International, had made his acquaintance and had dinner with him at the Monaco, and was found dead the next morning with an empty morphia syringe in her hand and a swollen puncture in her left arm. Thus four more or less valuable lives had been lost, and not a shred of tangible evidence obtained against the Egyptian. Convinced as he was that this man was as responsible for their deaths as he had been for that of Josephus, neither he nor his colleagues could find the slightest grounds for applying for a warrant for his arrest and meanwhile, things were going from bad to worse in Russia. The Romanov dynasty was tottering to its fall. The responsible leaders of the revolution, angry and bewildered by the loss of the man whom they had practically chosen to rule over them, were distributing thousands of copies of an unsigned manifesto, which could not have come from anyone. But the new Skobolev. What was left of the army and the navy was rallying to the nameless standard of the still unknown saviour of Russia. Von Kessner and Captain Volmar had apparently ceased to exist, and the Princess Hermia was living with her lady-in-waiting in the strictest retirement in Dresden. It seems to me that the "'Things are at an utter deadlock,' said Nicole Hendry to the chief of the German section, who had come over to London to confer with him. Four of our best agents have died in a fortnight, and the others are getting shy. Really, we can't blame them. This is not like fighting the ordinary sort of anarchist or regicide, who, after all, does content himself with physical means.' "'This infernal scoundrel, as I must confess I was warned to begin with, "'is quite independent of the rules of the game. "'He kills people by their own hands, not his, "'and, literally, there seems no way of catching him.' "'There must be a way, my dear Hendry,' replied the German, "'who was the very incarnation of mechanical officialism. "'You look at these things as consequences.' "'I regard them only as rather extraordinary coincidences. "'If this is anything like what you seem to think it, "'it is supernatural, and I don't believe in that.' "'There is a very easy way to convince yourself, "'my dear von Hamner,' replied Hendry, "'with a slight shrug of his shoulders. "'Suppose you go and interview this modern Mephistopheles yourself?' "'Will you come with me if I do?' asked the German, with a straight stare through his spectacles. "'Certainly. In our profession it is necessary to take risks. The thing has gone far enough. Here we are in my room at New Scotland Yard, the centre and stronghold of the British police system. And there is this man, or superman, if you like, making no sign doing nothing that will give us a hold upon him, and yet killing our agents as fast as we send them to find out what he is working at. And we know just as much today as we did three weeks ago. Now, what is your idea? Just this. If the English law doesn't touch him, do as we do in Germany. Take the law into your own hands. We know where the fellow is to be found "'down in that slum near the Borough Road. "'Send a few of your plain-clothesmen there this afternoon, "'and we will follow in a cab. "'Bring your bracelets with you, "'and I shall take my revolver. "'We don't want any nonsense this time. "'If it goes on much longer, "'we shall be the laughing-stock of the whole force "'from end to end of Europe, "'and that will not do us any good. "'Shall it be for this afternoon?' It will be better done now he has worked mischief enough and if we are going to do it we may as well bring the thing to a head at once as they say in the states now i will give the instructions and we will go to lunch it may be the last that either of us will eat you know exclaimed von hamner who was feeling not a little nettled at this quiet challenge to test his personal courage you are the last man on earth that I should have suspected of superstition, my dear Hendry. But there, give your orders, and we will go to lunch. And then about four o'clock we may make our call in Candler's court. While the two chiefs of the International were talking, Phaedric was reading a cipher telegram, of which the meaning was this. Rival Professor fell overboard three days ago. body not recovered. Horace Stone did its work n consents. I marry her at Oscarberg Russia ready fool international for a few days and come to Viborg when you have done with them. Oh, that is good news, said Fedrig in a confidential whisper to himself. FOR A MAN ON THE LOWER PLANE OF EXISTENCE, THE PRINCE IS WONDERFULLY CLEVER. THIS IS A MASTER-STROKE. IF HE REALLY HAS THE QUEEN IN HIS POWER, ALL THE REST WILL BE NECESSARY. THERE'S TWO GENTLEMEN TO SEE YOU, MR. AMENA. THE DOOR OPENED, AND HIS LANDLADY'S DIRTY LITTLE DAUGHTER PUT HER tousled HEAD THROUGH THE LITTLE SPACE BETWEEN THE DOORPOST. THEY'RE DOWN BELOW. SHALL I SEND THEM UP? Certainly, Jane. Tell the gentlemen that I shall be pleased to see them. The dirty face vanished as the door closed. Phaedric shut down the top of the big escritoire and locked it. Heavy treads sounded on the rickety stairs. There was a shuffle of feet on the little landing, a sharp knock at the door, and he said in a low tone, Come in, gentlemen. I have been expecting you. The door opened, and Nicol Hendry entered, followed by his German colleague. Practiced as they were in all the arts of their profession, they looked about the mean, miserably appointed room with curious eyes. Phaedrig, dressed in the same shabby semi-oriental costume in which he had received Isaac Josephus, salaamed and said, Gentlemen, Although this is but a poor room to receive you in, I am pleased that you have come. You are officers of the International, if I am not mistaken. Then his speech changed to German, and he went on. You, sir, are M. Nicol Hendry, and your friend is the Herr von Hamner, chief of the Berlin section. What can I do to serve you? It was anything but the greeting that they expected they thought that they had tracked the real criminal to his last hiding place they had established the identity between phadrig the poor seller of curios and phadrig amena the worker of miracles whom all the smart set in london was talking about and here he was in this miserable shabby room dressed in clothes that no pawnbroker would advance a couple of shillings on smiling and bowing before them as though they were lords of the earth and he the man who had sent three men and a woman to their deaths by as it were a mere word of command a worm beneath their feet nicole hendry managed to keep his self-possession but von hamner was already sorry that he had come and his face showed it. "'We have come to ask you, Mr. Amena,' said Hendry, thinking it best to come to the point at once, "'why you found it necessary to kill those people. I needn't mention names. You know them as well as we do.' "'I did not kill them, gentlemen. They killed themselves, according to the newspaper reports. And now—' "'May I ask you why you found it necessary to set these spies of yours to watch my every movement night and day? "'What have I done to bring myself within the four corners of your English law?' "'Nothing, unfortunately, that we can get a warrant for,' replied Hendry, trying not to look into his eyes. "'And so we have taken the law into our own hands. "'Come, Mr. Armena, the game is up.' "'We know all about your share in the conspiracy to remove Prince Zastro, "'in order to make room for your patron, Prince Oscarovitch. "'We have copies of his manifesto at Scotland Yard, "'and we know that you received a telegram in cipher from him today.' "'Ah,' said Phaedrig, in a tone whose smoothness was intensely aggravating, "'that is very interesting.' "'May I ask if you have translated the cipher?' "'No, damn you and your prince,' burst in von Hamner. "'If we had done that, we should know even more about you than we do now, "'and that ought to be enough to hang you.' "'He had spluttered the words out before Hendry had time to stop him. "'He expected a tragedy there and then, but it did not happen.' Fedric took the telegram out of his coat-pocket, handed it to von Hamner with a graceful bow, and said, "'Your information is quite correct, gentlemen. That is the telegram, and this is the meaning of it.' Then, as they read the unintelligible jumble of words, he repeated the meaning of them as though they formed the most ordinary message, instead of a dispatch that might as they well knew, shake Europe to its social and political foundations within the next week or so. "'Then this is another of your devilries, I suppose,' snarled von Hamner. "'So you have killed the great Professor Marmion, the most gifted genius in the whole world, as you killed the others, to promote your infernal schemes, and you have helped that scoundrel Oskarovitch to abduct his daughter.' "'Well, law or no law, this shall be the end of your doings. "'You will come with us as our prisoner, "'or you will not leave this room alive.' "'Those are hard words, Mynheer said Phaedric, "'still speaking in German. "'I, your prisoner?' "'Why, what have I done to make this outrage on English law possible?' "'You will do better to come, Mr. Amena.' "'said Hendry in his quite official tone. "'It will save a good deal of trouble, both to you and us. "'It must be the same in the end, you know. "'We have got you, and we don't mean to let you do any more mischief. "'You have done quite enough already. "'Now will you come quietly, or shall we take you? "'We shall charge you at Lambeth as a receiver of stolen goods.' "'You will be remanded for a week in custody, and by that time we shall have your prince in safe-keeping in St. Petersburg.' "'Will you really?' asked Fedrig, lifting his eyes for the first time during the interview. "'I should have thought that a man of your European experience would have called the Russian capital by its proper name.' Surely you know that only newspaper people make that mistake. It is the city of Peter the Great, not St. Peter the Apostle. The fortress of petro Pawlowski is not named after saints, only after czars. There was a sneer in his voice as he made his trivial correction, which roused both Hendry and von Hamner to anger. "'the German pulled his revolver out of his hip-pocket, "'and Hendry produced a beautiful pair of polished handcuffs "'from his left trouser-pocket. "'Ah, I see you have come prepared, gentlemen,' said Phaedrig, "'with a laughing sneer in his low-voiced whisper. "'Those are what you call the bracelets in England, are they not?' "'Well, since you are determined to take the law into your hands,' here, are mine. Put them on, Mr. Hendry, and then your friend may not think it necessary to try and shoot me. He held his hands out. The way in which he said, try and shoot me, did not sound well in their ears, but Nicole Hendry thought that the work had to be put through now or not at all. He took a couple of steps toward Phaedrig, and a couple of sharp snaps "'told von Hamner that their prisoner was safe. "'But the prisoner did not seem to think so. "'He raised his hands and looked at the handcuffs. "'He seemed to examine them as though they were curiosities. "'Are these really what you take criminals to prison with? "'They don't seem very strong. "'I could break them as though they were thread.' "'That will do, Mr. Amena.' You have got them on now, and we don't want any more of your conjuring tricks. Come along, and take it quietly like a sensible man. Hendry was fast losing patience, and von Hamner was doing all he could to keep his finger off the trigger of the revolver. Ah, yes, conjuring tricks, you call them, you ignorance. Now look. "'You have put the handcuffs on to my wrists. "'Is this a conjuring trick? "'See.' "'He held his arms out towards them, "'his two hands chained together. "'Mr. Hendry, be good enough to take my right hand, "'and you, Herr von Hamner, my left. "'So, now shake my hands. "'You see, there are the handcuffs on the floor.' It was only a shake of the hands, but the clink of the steel followed as the bracelets dropped from his wrists. He stooped down, and inside ten seconds they were clipped round von Hamner's. In the same instant, he had twitched the revolver out of his hand and pointed it at Hendry's face. "'Now, gentlemen, you were talking about taking the law into your own hands.' "'I, you see, have taken it into mine. "'What do you propose to do? "'I am quite at your service. "'Your idea of arresting me on a charge of receiving stolen goods is, "'if you will allow me to say so, absurd. "'You could no more make me guilty of that "'than you could hang me for the deaths of those foolish spies of yours. "'Now, what is it to be?' pardon me herr von hamner the bracelets inconvenience you allow me he took the handcuffs between his finger and thumb shook the chain and they dropped into his hand you will feel more comfortable now yes and i'll make you less comfortable in hell where you should have been long ago shouted von hamner jumping at him the moment his hands were free "'and snatching the revolver out of his hand. "'The pistol went up before Hendrik could get hold of his arm, "'and he fired. "'Phaedrig put his hand up, "'and when the smoke had drifted away, "'he held out to von Hamner and said, "'I think that is your bullet, mein Herr.' "'The bullet was lying in the palm of his hand, "'a little out of shape through passing the rifling, "'but still the same bullet.' The German's face turned a reddish-gray, and Nicole Hendry, with all his courage, was not feeling particularly well. As a matter of fact, he was, for the first time in his life, absolutely frightened. A man who could deal with handcuffs as though they were made of cotton, and catch a bullet in his hands, was not the sort of criminal he had been trained to hunt. As for von Hamner, he was in a state of utter collapse. He dropped upon a chair, a pitiable spectacle of craven fear, looking about half his real size, so physically shrunken did he seem. "'Let the devil go, Hendry,' he mumbled. "'He is more than man. What is the use? "'If you cannot shoot him, you cannot hang him.' "'and if handcuffs won't hold him, prison doors won't. "'Let us go and leave the devil to himself. "'I've had enough of it.' "'But perhaps the devil has not,' said Phaedrig, "'with a politeness which was infuriating in its mildness. "'You gentlemen will understand that I do not wish "'to have this espionage going on any longer.' If you cannot promise that it shall stop at once, I shall, for my own protection, have to suggest to you that you shall remove yourselves, as the others have done. "'No, no, not that, man, not that,' shouted von Hamner, springing from his seat and making for the door. "'I have done with the whole business, curse it. Let me go, let me go, Hendry.' Do as you like, but do it alone. I have finished. Before Hendry could reply, or before von Hamner could reach it, the door was flung open, and Franklin Marmion strode into the room. Von Hamner crawled back to his chair. He did not like the look of a dead man who had come to life again. Nicole Hendry held out his hand and said, "'And is it really you, Professor? "'Mr. Amena here has just had news that you were dead. "'Fallen overboard in the Baltic from Prince Oskarovich's yacht, "'body not recovered, is what the telegram says. "'The body is right here, M. Hendry. "'I did not fall overboard. "'I was bound hand and foot, had a mass of iron tied to my feet.' "'and was thrown out of a porthole by the prince and his captain. "'Of course, I got rid of the rope and the iron even more easily "'than this man got rid of your handcuffs a short time ago. "'And after keeping myself afloat for half an hour or so, "'I was picked up by a fishing-boat, which took me to Stralsund. "'I got a change of clothes there and came home via Hamburg and Ostend.' My daughter has gone on in the yacht to Oscarburg, where the prince expects to make her his wife, and where she will make a very considerable fool of him. That is all, and now I suppose I had better deal with this man. Mercy, mercy, thou who knowest! Pity, pity! Phaedric raised his hands above his head, turned round thrice, Slowly and sank in a heap on the floor. Thou who wast once high priest in the house of Ptah, thou who hast held the doctrine, thou darest to ask for mercy, knowing well that there is no forgiveness of sins. Thou hast taken innocent lives, believing thyself above human law. A wasted life is behind thee. see that thou doest better for thy soul's sake in the next. die now, the high gods have spoken, and the penalty of sin is death, and the life beyond. die, and Phaedric died, his eyes glazed, and his flesh withered, his lips and his gums dried up and shrivelled away from his jaws. His clothes fell away from his body in rotting shreds, and before Nicole Hendry and von Hamner had quite grasped the full meaning of the horror that was happening before their eyes, all that was left of him was a little heap of yellow bones with a few fragments of cloth clinging to them. "'Gentlemen,' said Frank Marmion, "'there are some things which cannot be told.' I think you will agree with me that this is one of them. Mr. Amena has left the world for the present. Those bones will be dust in a few minutes. It will only be another mysterious disappearance, and I don't think that anyone except the Pantanas and Prince Oskarovich will trouble much about him. The Pantanas are now deprived of all power for harm and the prince will probably be a harmless lunatic when he comes back into the world. I should sweep that dust and put it into the fireplace, if I were you. In that desk you will find documents, giving the whole history of the affairs astro. They will be useful to you. You will have to excuse me now. Europe is on the brink of war, and I must go and remove the cause." I rely upon your discretion as to the events of this afternoon. Au revoir, I shall have the pleasure of seeing you again shortly. The door closed, and they were left to their somewhat gruesome task. End of chapter 25 Recording by Meg Teresek.